Hey, it's Monique. Welcome to episode 86 of the show. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast. And with this podcast, I love to share veganism from a very practical perspective to help people start their journey in a way that feels amazing and long term for them. And I also like to sprinkle in some wellness and entrepreneurship, just having people come on and share their stories because I know that it will help someone else. Come hang out with me on social media. I'm active on YouTube. I'm youtube.com slash brownvegan and also Instagram. I'm at brownvegan. So come hang out with me over there. Let me know what you think of this episode. I hope you're having a great week. I'm having a good week. I just feel like I'm coming down with a cold or something. Like my throat is a little scratchy. It's a little, a little tired. I'm feeling a little tired. Like I want to take another nap kind of thing. So I know that the change of the weather is really starting to affect me. So as soon as I finish recording this, I will take some elderberry syrup because I need to boost my immune system. I cannot be in a position where I'm sick. I got to be productive, you know, I can't be sick. So I'm sipping on some um, tea right now. And as soon as I'm done, I will be taking the elderberry because yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't have time to be sick. Yeah, other than that, I'm good. Life is good. I have a guest on the show for you. I have Cornetta Moore, or you may know her as Queenie on social media. I'm so glad that I was finally able to get her on the show to share her journey. Um, We spent a great deal of the conversation talking about practical tips on how to do a 21-day juice cleanse and how to do a cleanse if you are someone who eats a standard American diet you don't have to do the 21 days. You can start off a lot less, you know, a lot less time than that. But yeah, we talk about fat. Uh, we also chat about a lot of the amazing benefits that have come out of, you know, her life because she started a vegan journey. We talk about self-love. We talk about how she's able to be celibate in a relationship because I know it's one thing to say, oh, I'm celibate because you don't have a man, but to be in a relationship and still be able to, I guess, maintain that is something so different. So I was so happy that she was open to share that experience with us. So yeah, the conversation just was really, really good. I'm so glad that she's on the show. I just want to go ahead and jump into it because this is a lot. This is a little longer than my typical interviews. And I actually, I don't know about you, I like the longer conversations. Let me know on social media if you like the longer conversations on the podcast. I know for myself, I listen to podcasts that are like two, three hours long. So um, an hour long isn't too bad. So just let me know if you enjoy the longer conversations because your girl can talk. I'm nosy. So many questions I can ask people. So if you want to hear longer conversations, definitely let me know on social media. You can get all of the show notes and everything we mentioned in this conversation at brownvegan.com under episode 86. So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into Queenie's vegan story. I did a three-day juice fast back in January of 2013. And I just did it on a whim. I wasn't sure about what it entailed really and what I was really going to experience I kind of thought it was crock you know (laughs) oh these people are just like some hippies you know the only way to really know is to try it so I tried it for three days and I realized that I have always had notoriously had very brittle nails growing up all my life they would never really stay long enough because they would normally snag or tear or rip in some form or fashion And um, I had noticed by like day two or day three, at the latest it was day three, but I might have said, I might have paid attention to it originally at day two. I was like, wow, my nails, they've grown, you know? And then by day three, I was like, well, wow, like my nails have like really, they're, they're hard. Like I can actually, you know, put pressure on them and they're not like, you know, shattering afterwards. (laughs) So That was like one of the first benefits that I realized, but I was training um, two sisters and I'm also very notorious, or I was, for forgetting what I was saying. I was one of those people, like if you interrupted them in the middle of their speech, they would be like, okay, now what was I talking about again? You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was talking to one sister and gave another sister her exercise because I was doing them, you know, simultaneously. And... I came back to the original conversation with the first sister and picked up right where I left off with ease. And that was the first sign that I was like, 
holy crap. I don't know what about vegetables is really helping me right now, but I'm certain that, you know, these things have more power than we really have been attributing to them, you know, or at least I have up until this point. So the three-day juice fast was really where I started my foundation with a plant-based diet, which later turned into a vegan lifestyle. But that's really where I realized that, okay, this is, something's up with this, you know, these plants. Maybe it's not so far-fetched to believe that plants can actually help heal us and help, you know, uh, prevent disease and prevent illness and things. So I did that in January and then February 28th, uh, um, well, after I did that fast, I went back to eating meat. You know, I, I had no intention or I had no desire. I didn't really even know what vegan was at that time. But I realized, you know, one day sitting at my breakfast table, which was the morning of February 28th, and I woke up or I was at my breakfast table and I was like, you know, coincidentally, I was having a vegan breakfast. But um, I was like, you know, I don't feel as good as I did when I was on that juice fast. You know, I had all this energy. My skin was vibrant. Um, I was... My nails looked amazing. Now they're back brittle again and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, so what diet can I adapt? Because uh, clearly I have to eat. I can't juice all my life. But what diet mimics my juice fast that I can incorporate on a day-to-day -day basis? And so that's where I kind of came up with a plant-based diet without even really knowing much about it. And then I started to dig and I started to watch documentaries and, you know, do my research from there. But that's how I started. What other benefits have you noticed since you've been on this journey? So it's been what, January, 2013? Well, no, you said February, 2013. February, yeah. yeah so February, 2013. So we're at five and a half years now. Yeah. And so the benefits that I've realized since, adapting this lifestyle obviously is better energy I would not be on this diet if I had similar energy to what I had when I was eating an um, omnivorous diet I now have energy that lasts throughout the day I don't you know I don't wake up groggy I always I don't I can't tell you the last time I set an alarm clock I'm up normally before the crack of dawn and I have very, very long days sometimes when I'm doing, especially when I'm cooking, as I cook for a lot of people at one time. So I can do literally um, a 20-hour, I've done 20-hour days before and had energy to power through, you know, that without feeling, of course, you're tired at the end, but I was able to power through, you know, and um, get through it, whereas I know I couldn't have done it before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so sustained energy, better digestion, I was also I always had problems with my um, elimination so there was a lot of times as a kid I spent constipated and suffering from you know just irregular bowel movements so I don't have any problems with that I also as a child and even in teenage years was anemic severely anemic actually and I no longer have any issues with anemia in fact my gynecologist has always said every time like wow you know they always they always have a remark about my hemoglobin and my iron levels so I'm normally at the top of whatever that threshold is the range that they give you I'm normally at at or above you know their numbers and so I always get accolades you know I always get kudos for that <laughs> what do you do uh, for the iron though what are you doing are you doing uh, the backstrip molasses particular I think it's just continuing to eat a diet that has a lot of variety in it mm -hmm. of course parsley is very good for iron sea moss is uh, very good for iron there I can name a lot of things that are good for iron but I'm not intentionally taking anything for iron you know what I mean like mm -hmm. it's just that these things are naturally a part of my diet now yep it was a lot easier to avoid foods that were beneficial to maybe issues like anemia. It was a lot easier to avoid those foods when I was eating an omnivorous diet. It's a lot harder now to avoid those foods that benefit me, um, you know, in terms of iron or, you know, anemia, etc. Because I'm always eating a variety of plants and, veg you know, vegetables, fruits and things. Yeah. You know, I just thought about something that I, I know we didn't discuss this before, but this is something I just remember. Did your, when you were growing up, did your dad farm then? Did he have some land that he would farm back then or a garden? Cause I know he, he does now, but did he back then, back when you were a kid? 
No, you know, that's something my dad has adopted in his later years. Um, in the South, we have a lot of a large community that is just really into racing, and those things are big here, NASCAR is in Charlotte, but all around North Carolina, racing is a big deal, so my dad in his earlier years was really into just racing, and mm-hmm. then, you know, his later years, he's been more of a cultivator, and he's like to grow and, you know, spend time around the house, so yeah, that's kind of like, it actually kind of worked out, because as I started becoming uh, a vegan or a plant-based dieter, then he also was growing fruits and vegetables. So it actually worked out. Yeah, I was thinking about it because I just, I don't know, randomly remembered a picture you posted a couple of years ago. And I was like, wait, my dad does the same thing. Let me see if Quincy dad does that. I know right now you are on a cleanse or a fast. What do you call yours? Do you call it a cleanse? Do you call it a fast? Oh, yeah. So I'm on a, um, a juice fast right now. 21 day juice fast. Juice fast. Queenie. Okay. So I've been following you for years and you've been done this multiple times. Yeah. I need to know what suggestions you have for someone who is doing their first uh, fast. Because I know this is day three for you and you've done it multiple times. And I know the first few days are usually the hardest so yeah. I think for myself, I think the issue is I don't usually prepare enough for it because I'm cooking for my family. And then I'm just like, oh, I just want to go ahead and eat that because I don't feel like juicing. I don't feel like making a smoothie. Yeah. Dinner's already yeah. ready. Let me just eat that. So um, I think my issue is lack of preparation. Do, is that the issue for most people who don't continue with the that, uh, cleanse? That's um, I would say at least 80 percent of the issue for most people is the preparation and not yeah preparation not being prepared even like if you're on the road and you're or you're working outside of the home and you know which most people are or you're traveling or something like that not having a juice available to you on your person then it's very easy um i always tell people you never let yourself get hungry because that is like the worst feeling mm-hmm. <laughs> because it almost feels like no juice that you have after that I don't care if you drink a gallon of juice after that it feels like nothing can like match to having an actual meal after you've allowed yourself to get hungry so I tell people at the first sign of hunger that's when you need to have something you know going down <laughs> going down your throat because if that kind of sits and festers for some time, then you're going to be like, screw that. I need the most carbiest, <laughs> the most fattening or whatever, most satiating food I can find to curb this hunger. Because then after that, you know, a headache, you already know a headache is coming or something like that. But yeah, I mean, in general, um, the tips that I give people for fasting is always, that's the number one thing is to be prepared. If you have a juicer that will allow you to juice for up to three days at a time, which is a masticating juicer, um, then I recommend doing that if you are, you know, a mom, you're busy, you're outside of the home most of the time, or you just have, you know, you're traveling or something, you have something that takes precedent, then go ahead and juice three days worth of juice at a time because uh, that's going to help you stay prepared. But then also, you know, there's cleanup after juicing, which even if you, even if you have the energy to do, juice, Sometimes you don't have the energy to clean up, and that can be a very messy task and and time-consuming. So it's not just the juicing. It's the cleanup. It's the bottling. It's, you know, all of those things. It's the cleaning the produce. It's the buying the produce. Oh, yeah. That's the other part. Yeah. Yeah. That's before you even get to juicing. You've got to purchase it. You've got to clean it. That's a 20 to 30-minute soak. And then, you know, draining if necessary storing, you know, and making sure that you're using all the fruit and vegetables that you use so nothing goes bad. So yeah, it's, it's preparation. I swear it's like 80% of it, if not more. Yeah. But yeah. And then I think if, you know, people for who are fasting, I always recommend that you do not have anything socially going on, like a birthday dinner or, you know, a Halloween party or, you know, things like that, whatever time of year it might be, or, you know, social events that you have to attend because you know you like to enjoy mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go uh, to these events, you like to eat. You know, part of it is eating, a part of it is maybe drinking socially. So when you remove those things 
it makes it challenging and you might not even want to attend. So I just try to say, center these um, fast around times where you don't really have much going on. And then it also helps with you um, doing the introspective work, which is like just trying to quiet out distractions, figure out what, what direction you want to take in your life. Are you achieving what it is that you want to those kinds of things. Um, you know, a lot of people fast for spiritual reasons, and, which is mainly my reason for fasting also. But um, you, you get a lot of information uh, whenever you're fasting because your digestive system is at rest. You're not thinking about what next to eat. What do I want to eat today? <laughs> what, do I, what do I have in my fridge? What do I have to go grab? And your digestive system isn't taxed. So your body, mind, spirit um, has room to intercept and, you know, get downloads, I guess you can say, from God, spirit, universe, whatever you'd like to call it. But they're very enlightening periods of time. So I always suggest to not really have a lot of stuff going on because it really should just be a time for yourself to kind of touch in and like hone in on what it is that you're, what what are your next steps? You know, what what is the universe, God, spirit um, have planned for you? What should you be doing, you know? Yeah, I really like how you describe that because most of the time I look at it as just, okay, let me just reset my palate. I've been eating too much processed foods. Let me just let me just pull back a little bit. And it helps a lot with that. I've never really looked at it from like a, a self-care, from a spiritual perspective, which yeah. I think is incredibly motivating. That actually makes me want to do one because I'm like, hold up. I need, I need, I need that reset. Um, I'm going through a lot of transitions in my life right now. And I'm just like, okay, um, maybe it's just a way for me to reflect. So during the times, because I think that you said that this is also the time where you're supposed to kind of just be quiet and still and be able to um, receive whatever messages you're supposed to be getting. But um, I think that for myself, that kind of makes me a little nervous, just, you know, processing this out loud is the fact that I get bored and I want to eat. So what do you do during? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I'm, are you I'm, doing, I'm, Queenie? I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because uh, today, as a part of my group, so I'm doing um, a challenge right now with other people who are trying to complete 21 days. So one of the things that I wanted to share with them this morning was, you know, you're going to have times where you are just idle and you're bored or you're, you know, don't have anything to do, or you may. Mm-hmm. And if at those times, what you'd like what I think is best is to, if you are sick of reading, you don't want to read or you don't want to journal, if those things are exhausted, then of course, any hobbies that maybe you had back when you were a teenager or a kid, um, but you put them down, of course, because you turn into a grown up and you thought those hobbies were childish. Um, I always recommend picking those back up because you found some sort of joy in them at some time (laughs) and Mm -hmm. a lot of times we let adulthood kind of take away the fun from life and so I recommend getting back into that for me it was latch hook I don't know if you guys are you familiar with latch hook it's Mm. kind of like knitting crocheting oh yeah yeah my mom used to do that all the time as a kid yeah so I used to do that and so I picked that back up I think on one of my last fasts and rollerblading is something I want to get back into dope Um, yeah. Yeah. I used to rollerblade as a kid or, you know, yeah, a kid, I guess I was in my early teens um, when I used to rollerblade and I stopped doing that, you know, and so I want to get back into that. Maybe I'll do that this fast. <laughs> um, but you know what I did today, which I felt so good doing, which I went into my kitchen cabinets and I, I literally like took everything out <laughs> of all of my pull out drawers, you know, all of my utensil drawers and you know, all of those things. And I cleaned those out, I reorganized, and, you know, my pots, pans, reorganized those, because sometimes, you know, especially if you're cooking in a hurry, you can kind of just throw things back just to kind of get them, you know, out of the way. But my glasses, I mean, I'm telling you, all of it, my Tupperware, things that I had lost tops to, you know how with Tupperware. (laughs) Okay, so I can't utilize these things anymore because I don't have the tops to this anymore, you know. So I threw the things away that I couldn't use. But what I'm doing right now is really kind of, um, so obviously something was, that was an energy. I was being propelled to do that. What I realized when I was doing that today is I'm purging. And every time I purge, every time, literally every time that I purge, it's because I'm instinctively, which I don't know it at the time, 
but I'm instinctively making room for more abundance in my life, which is why I recommend purging because energetically, if you're filled, like say all of your cabinets are filled. I, I suggest this for people who are single. You know, if your bedroom is filled, all of your drawers are filled. You don't have any room for Anyone that would maybe stay the night, they wanted to get a little drawer or a little side, you know, (laughs) if you don't have room for that, energetically, what you're sending out to the universe is I don't have room for anyone else in my life. When it comes to the universe looking to send you things and people or possessions, if you're already filled to the max and, you know, maybe you've got clothes in there that you've needed to get rid of for years, you don't even wear anymore, whatever. If you're filled to the max, then how, what message are you sending to the universe? Your, your message is really that I don't have space mm. and you don't have physical space. You may not have the emotional space also. So um, what I was doing today with my kitchen, I'm not sure what will come of it. Maybe I'll start cooking, you know, again very soon <laughs> or maybe something else. But I started in my kitchen And so what I ended up doing was making room. Again, what I'm saying is instinctively, I I didn't know that what I was doing at the time. I was just doing what I had energy to do, what I felt called to do. But what I always do, what what always happens whenever I do that is something. It could be a material possession or it could be a person. But anyway, either way, the universe, I'm making room for more abundance yes this is all this is so amazing yes 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 that's what this is about it's like it's more than like i said resetting your path this is oh yeah just really diving in i love that and that's so important like you said i mean you you really are signaling to the universe that i want more that i deserve more and that i'm good enough and i'm ready to receive so to let go of what no longer serves me because those Tupperwares aren't serving me no they are not probably got the, the burn you know how like back i don't know if they still make it like this but remember when um you would warm up like spaghetti in a microwave when we didn't know any better uh yeah. putting plastic in the microwave <laughs> it would be stains at the bottom <laughs> yeah so how okay what's your favorite way to cleanse is it usually just a juice and a water and the smoothies or do you like to do like raw more raw foods like what do you typically what's your favorite way to do this so my favorite way to cleanse is juice fasting what i'm doing right now um, and, and juice fasting, I don't have smoothies because it's still fiber and your digestive system still has to work to push that, you know, through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and though it's a great cleanse and I don't, you know, turn anybody away from it, I'm literally shutting my digestive system down during this, you know, fast. So everything that I drink is immediately, um, all the vitamins and minerals, you know, that I'm getting from the juices are immediately taken into my bloodstream within 15 minutes of consuming a juice. So... It bypasses the um, digestive system and can pretty much instantly revitalize or energize me after having it. Um, so I just have juice. I mean, and this is when I say juice, I hope people understand that I'm not talking Welch's grape. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I, questions. I get those questions. Um, but like, not Welch's grape, not Dole or anything like that. Um, I'm talking fresh, raw unpasteurized um, juices organic obviously if um, if at all available but um, what do you usually put in there like what's your most uh, simple recipe that you like to make oh you know one of my favorites that most people like I call it my gingy and it is kale cucumber pineapple and ginger Mm -hmm. and that's one of the most delicious juices and especially for a beginner that's one of the most popular ones. Okay. But yeah, so just juices, water, herbal tea, and coconut water. Do you that's- do yours quarterly, Queenie? Your cleanses? Um, I kind of, you know what, I used to. But what I do now is just I allow my body to kind of just tell me when I feel like I need it. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because I feel like everybody, though though that does, that is ideal, you know, quarterly because the seasons change and, you know, we need to get rid of the foods that we ate last season that are obviously not in season this season. So again, they're not benefiting us. But, you know, I just allow my body to tell me because I just think that's the best guide. You know, if I feel like I'm getting signals, you know, kind of like what you're describing, you know, for yourself. But if mm-hmm. I'm getting signals, I need to like cleanse my palate or I got some waste I want to move or I need to receive some information, then this is kind of like when I do that. Are there any juices in the store that are cold pressed, any brands that you like for somebody who, um, 
maybe they didn't prepare because we we talked about that before about not being prepared it's kind of like a plan to fail Uh i recommend people going to their local juicery Mm -hmm. because i mean if you don't have that of course then you know you go to like a whole foods they Whole Foods does make juices, except that Whole Foods juices are pasteurized. So the, a lot of the vitamins and minerals that you would normally get from a fresh juice are not there because they have to be shelf-stable. And really, a fresh juice should not last you no more than 72 hours. So yeah. if it's a juice that can sit on the shelf or it can, you know, if it's been, if it's good for longer than 72 hours, generally, that's not going to give you the vitamins and minerals that I'm speaking of, you yeah. know? Uh, but I recommend just going to your local juicery. Of course, always opting for organic juices if you have the preference or if you have the option available. But yeah, I, I, I recommend supporting local juiceries because I think if you walk into that place and you feel good, your energy, you feel like, wow, this is cool, or I feel lighter being in this place, pay attention to what your body is telling you because that's kind of giving you signals as to where you should be and if that place is good. Because especially with juice, and I will point this out, this is really important, especially with juice because food, you have a barrier when it comes to, you know, the digestive system has to move the food through your system. But with juice, it's going directly into your bloodstream. For that reason, you have a higher potential of getting sick, you know, from somebody not cleaning foods, you know, correctly. But then also their energy that they put into that juice when they made it is also getting directly infused in your system. Mm. So if you walk into a place and you get bad vibes, go to another place. <laughs> like, mm. Do not consume that juice. And that's why I'm not a big, that's why I make my own juice. <laughs> you control the energy, right? <laughs> Yeah, because I'm so into, like, I feel it. I can feel it more, um, I guess, immediately. I can almost feel, you know, if that was not made with love. And I know it sounds corny and cliche, but um, I'm. I, you have to be mindful of what you're putting into your, into your body, especially during this time when you're, like, reaffirming self-love and you're, like, you know, honoring your temple and you're doing all these things. Um, why are you putting a juice that somebody you know, made in a rush and they were in a hurry and they were mad because, you know, this happened and, you know, yada, 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 you know, then it really is not serving you in the best of its ability. You know, like it, it can do more, but you're not, you're not feeding it the optimal, you know, juice and frequency and stuff. So I love that. So yeah. what about, um, what's your ideal day? Cause I date as far as the length of your, your cleanses. Cause I know you typically do 21 days, but if someone is new, what do you suggest for them as far as getting started? I know oh, you yeah, started at three days. days. Yeah. Three. Three. See, three the, is a great start. Three I was thinking five to seven because yeah. I feel like the three days, are, those three days are hell for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are. <laughs> so a little longer makes me feel like, uh, Okay, I feel like I'm really getting the benefits. And then for me, because I like, I have to chew. So even if I'm eating like uh, celery or an apple, I have to have something like that (laughs) throughout the day because I get tired of just drinking juice. So there's so many different ways to do this. So yeah, um, three days is what I recommend for people who are coming from a very um, toxic diet. They're truly a beginner. You know, so you're truly a beginner. You're coming from the standard American diet, the sad diet. You're coming from that. I recommend three days because you might not have developed the willpower to sustain you past that time. So at three days or four days, day three or four, somewhere in that time frame is when you actually hit carb depletion. Mm -hmm. And that can be a very trying time (laughs) for anyone, really. But if you're coming from the standard American diet, and you're not used to, um, you know, doing any type of fast or restricting, you know, your diet in any fashion, then I would say start with three. Okay. But yes, you are right. At at day five is when you would really start to see some of the real, true benefits of, you know, what fasting has to offer. If you are a chewer, you know, we, all of us like, you know, the mastication what happens with that sometimes that can also be a sign of parasitic activity also like if people grind their teeth at night you you we often find it in kids if they when they sleep 
they grind their teeth. Just be mindful. It's not a, it's not a definite, but there might be a sign of parasitic activity. But all of us love to chew because, you know, it's just a sign that we're going to eat or we're eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if you need to do that, there's there's been a lot of studies that show that chewing while you're drinking your juice is actually even more optimal for you because it prepares the digestive enzymes to digest it. Mm. So it, it sounds funny because you're drinking and not eating something, but there are benefits to chewing while you're drinking. Okay, I have a confession to make. I made this confession over the summer on Insta Story, but I've never shared it on the podcast. And that is the fact that 2018 is the first year that I'm really concerned about the ingredients in my skincare. I know, I know, I know. I'm behind in that. Especially since our skin is our largest organ, it absorbs like 60% of the products and makeup and skincare that we apply to it on a daily basis. So why is it that I'm just becoming concerned about that? The truth is, I think that I slacked for so long because I feel like it's a lot of work. We already obsess over what we eat, how we exercise, how we sleep. So it just feels like it's just extra steps that we have to take to ensure that our beauty products are non-toxic. And so that's why I'm super excited to be working with Folane for this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, Folane is a clean beauty retailer with a curated selection of the highest performing, safest, and 100% non-toxic products. So my favorite thing about Folane is their mission statement because they truly believe that you should never have to compromise your health for beauty. So that's why any of the products featured on their website has to undergo a rigorous five-step approval process. So for me, I feel like it just takes the guesswork out of figuring out whether or not something is safe for my skin. So on Folane's website, they have a fan favorite, which is their Clean Essentials Kit. And to me, I think it's the perfect gateway for anyone who is looking to explore clean beauty and they really want to detoxify their daily routine. All of the products in the Clean Essential Kit, they're 100% non-toxic, they're vegan, they're cruelty-free, and suitable for all skin types. I love that they come in the trial size pack so that you can determine whether or not it's something you want to actually use long-term. The Clean Essentials Kit includes four travel sizes for four everyday essentials. They're, of course, non-toxic, and it comes in a limited edition Folane pouch, which is super handy, especially for traveling. You get a cleanser, a toner, a moisturizer, and a soap. I was so excited when I got the cleanser because it's already a cleanser that I use, so it made me feel, it just kind of reassured that I'm on the right path with my beauty routine. I had this Osea Ocean Cleanser. It has sea minerals and algae and it detoxifies the skin. When I use this routine together as far as a cleanser, the toner, and the moisturizer, I feel refreshed. It doesn't strip my skin. I feel like my skin has been rejuvenated. It just feels so amazing to know that I am taking the extra step to make sure that my skincare routine is just as good as what I eat. So for only $22, which is 50% off the original price, you can try the Clean Essentials Kit today by going to folane.com slash brownvegan. And also, when you get to the checkout screen, if you include if you put brownvegan as a promo code, you can also receive free shipping. So like I said, it's only $22, and you can go to folane, which is spelled F-O-L-L-A-I-N dot com slash brownvegan. And when you get to the checkout screen, make sure that you include the promo code BROWNVEGAN to get free shipping. That's folane.com slash brownvegan. So one of the main reasons I wanted you on the show, Queenie, is to talk about your vegan bay or vegan bay. <laughs> because I know that you have been on a celibate journey for a while now. And I just want to know more about it. And I'm sure other people do as well. So I really wanted to have this conversation. First of all, how long have you guys been together at this point? Uh, November 11th will be two years. Two years. <laughs> so, funny, oh my goodness. We met on 11-11, which if anyone is into numerology, astrology, spirituality, it's like the most powerful number. <laughs> And the universe is 11-11, which is so crazy because it was, I don't normally eat out, but I, because I do a lot of my cooking, mm-hmm. but I ended up at a vegan restaurant that day because Maddie, actually my daughter, had won, she won a raffle or something, so we had to go pick that up, and I was like, okay, well, we'll just go out and eat and, you know, and then wait for traffic to die down, and then we'll go pick up, you know, your raffle thing, so... 
you know, coincidentally, I ended up at the restaurant. I sat there for some time, and I was actually answering emails. Maddie was playing with some of the, you know, kids, the owner's kids that, you know, are always there. And so as I was checking out, the waiter is like, he's always, the waiter is like always trying to introduce me to people because he under, he loves my business. He loves what I'm trying to do. But sometimes <laughs> it's like, you know, I just want to eat and go and pay my bill and go, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in that mood. Um, but, you know, I'm always friendly, you know, because I know he's doing it because, you know, he just cares about, you know, my business. And so inevitably he says, you know, hey, Sister Queenie, that's what he called it. Sister Queenie, I got somebody that I really like you to meet. And I'm like, oh, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, you know, I do not. I was trying to get out of here. I'm already at the checkout line. Like, let me get out of the door. And so literally, I'm feet, at the time, I did not know I'm feet away from this guy. And um, so my back is initially facing him. And, you know, but he's facing me. He's facing my back. And so I literally do, I wish you could see my face, how I'm doing it right now. But imagine just saying, like, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you got the whole eye roll going on and you got that deep sigh, you know. So I literally did that, you know, because he had kind of walked away a little bit. So I had a little bit of space to kind of give the eye roll and, oh, I'm ready to get out of here. And so I'm turning around, like trying to put my happy face on and literally Vegan Bay, who I <laughs> later identified as Vegan Bay, is like literally standing in my face waiting for for the handshake. <laughs> you know, and so what's funny is because he's super, oh my God, he's super handsome. I didn't even, like, I was taken aback for so many reasons. A, because he was standing directly in my face. I didn't expect him to be that close. And then, and then I'm taken aback because he's like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> hey. and all this time I ain't seen nobody look like you. <laughs> you know? And so anyway, so that's this is why you hide him, Queenie. This is why you only let us see him once a year because you're hiding him. <laughs> no, and so, um, so yeah, that's how we ended up meeting. And then um, Maddie, when she was done, kind of like playing with her friends, she took a break, and we were deep in a conversation. And Maddie literally did the first the, the thing that kids so kids are very intuitive. So she ended up taking my hand, and she took his hand, and she put it together, and she said, "Now hug." And I'm like, Madison, we don't know, we don't know each other. Like we don't, she's never done anything like this before. I was really taken aback. And I think we both looked at each other. He and I looked at each other and we're like, what are we, you know, like we just try to make this kid happy. So, all right, it's okay. You can hug me. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's kind of like the story of how it started. But yeah, so two years almost. Um, That's a long winded answer. No, that was great. (laughs) I needed this story because I had no idea. So that's good. Two years. So did you, okay, I think I know the answer because based on some um your posts and I think on some of your lives, he was, a, he's the reason why you decided not to have a sexual relationship. Is that right? Or? Yeah. So when I met him, I was what I call unintentionally celibate. celibate. Mm-hmm. Because you ain't had no man. That's why it was just one of those things. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, I don't have nobody right now that I'm digging, you know, and uh you know, I just going to be out here. So I was like four months at that time. So unintentionally celibate. That's mm-hmm. what I coined that. I got you. <laughs> that term. And then when I met him, um, of course, like, I mean, my natural instincts, I like you, you know, we're dating, you know, each other solely exclusively. Um, then yeah, at some point, yeah, let's have sex because, you know, as long as it's making a natural progression into it, then I'm fine with that. Right. Um, but it was him who who was like yeah you're not really ready for sex just yet wow (laughs) what you know i was offended you know that's all i actually was like a sense of rejection at that point it's like whoa what the hell (laughs) (laughs) so um so yeah it was a sense of rejection so um and as i come to find out you know um through the period of celibacy or this time period it was what I've come to realize, and I think what he was saying in so many words, which I don't think he wanted to say, because it probably would have been very brutal, is um, I didn't love myself enough at that time to be sharing myself. And 
uh, because sex is an act of energy exchange, I'm, I'm exchanging my energy with him and vice versa, that it needs to be with someone who you can see are at least at your spiritual or energetic level or frequency, if not better than you, you know? Um, and I think at the time my vibration was better than probably what I, you know, had ever been, but my, my self-love still needed a lot of work. And I've come to share my story, you know, that I was abused sexually as a child multiple times. And though I hadn't shared that with him, there were signs. And I think in every relationship, if the person is not in it for a selfish reason, then they are, they can intuit, you know, that something is up with this person, you know, um, by the way that you interact with them, even if you're not having sex, in an intimacy level, are there blockages? So I would have him around me, but I would also find times, and not just times, but there would be intimate moments where I would literally push him away, like physically push him away. Hmm. And I didn't even know why I did that, you know, um, at the time, but these are things that he was picking up on that, you know, before we even thought about sex, this is what he picked up on. And so I think he was like, you know, this person is just not ready. <laughs> and I would do more damage by having sex with her or maybe even damage to himself. He was thinking of, but I think he was thinking of what was best for me. And so I needed to go into a period of healing and a period of introspection and um, all of that. And whenever you are having sex, sex is very distracting. Yes. We don't really realize, you know, we don't really realize that, but you can, you know, we, as us girls, we'll get on the phone and, you know, girl, my night was amazing, you know. Be laid <laughs> up after two. <laughs> you know, or my girl's calling me, girl, how did last night go, you know. So it's distracting in that form, but then also, you know, times where you can really just be sitting by yourself and figuring out what your next step is, your next move is, we find time to be like, oh, well, let me call, you know, even if it's your boyfriend, you know, even if you're not, you know, promiscuous, you know, it can just be your boyfriend, but let me call my boyfriend up, see what he's doing. And whereas if you were alone at by that time or at that time, or you weren't having sex, Either A, you could be focusing on something that is more beneficial to you. Uh, maybe you could be focusing on healing. Or maybe you could just be focusing on time spent together where you guys are truly getting to know each other and learn more intimate details about each other and and strengthen communication and things of that nature. So Yeah, because the sex can definitely cloud a lot of that. So I get yeah. it. How long yeah. has it been for him then? Because when he met you, was yeah. he already celibate? Yeah, he's. He's a, he is a very disciplined individual. Giving his full information, it had been a few years. Okay, so it's been a little while for yeah. him. So that's that's probably why he was able to pick up on a lot from you yeah. because he was so clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how had uh, outside of like I know that you you um you juice you um are really you do a lot of reading and reflecting and all of those. What else are you doing as far as working on your self love? Um, be since he picked up on the fact that that's something that you needed to work on. And I know for yourself, you know that as well. So what else are you doing then? Self-love. You know, what's funny is I'm not sure that your listeners know, but, um, my daughter is in Africa right now with her father. Her, her dad is a diplomat. He's stationed, got a duty station in Africa. Um, when she was four years old, I agreed, you know, that hypothetically, if you might ever, you know, cause he asked me. Hey, if I get this assignment overseas, I'd really like Maddie to come and, you know, get an overseas experience. So, yeah, she's four. It's the military. You know, yeah, right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. You know, like they to get an assignment overseas and especially one that is not like in a war zone and one that your family can actually come to is not highly likely all the time, depending on your job. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, at the time, it was just a very hip. It was very just up in the air. Um hypothetical question you know and I answered it and I gave him my word and girl who like I know I remember when this went down you were like oh oh this is really happening she was eight years old and you know I got that phone call he's like hey Queenie I got an assignment remember how we've had that conversation I finally got an assignment Um, it's gonna be in Africa I was wondering if you were still up or I would still like to take Maddie you know with me 
Um, I really hope that we can still, you know, do this or whatever. So, of course, you know, I say yes because, you know, I immediately, you know, in my head, I'm like, I gave my word, A, and then B, if I want to keep her, then that's selfish of me because this guy has not had time spent with his daughter because he's always been deployed. Like, he's always been deployed, like, her whole life. So, it would be selfish on my part. So, I instinctively just said yes, you know, it's okay. <laughs> and, uh, and then... After I hung up, I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. But anyways, I say that because my daughter is not with me at this moment. And when um, I first had to dig into the self-love thing, it was her being outside of the home and Vegan Bay having responsibilities that came up, that things that took more of his attention. And he couldn't be there. Like, I, you know, in my head, you know, it's so funny because us as humans, we always have you know, what we think is the best thing. So I thought when Maddie left, I was like, okay, cool. We'll have more time to kind of get to know each other. That's the upside, you know, like of my daughter being gone, I can get to know him better. We can, you know, explore more of our relationship. Um, but that's so funny because you make pl plans and then God laughs, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's funny because as Maddie was being taken away, you know, or in Africa, around the same exact time, he was being like, you know, his focus was elsewhere and he had things, you know, that I had to learn to not take personal. And this mm -hmm. was a part of like the self-love thing and, and truly learning what a real relationship, like a, not a, you know, uh, relationship we see on TV, which I think I've probably learned <laughs> a lot of my relationships have probably been based off of what I know other people, you know, have. But to really understand, you know, uh, love, in a way that I could love him in some way from a distance. You know, he lives here. You know, we live in, I live in Raleigh, he lives in Durham, but so we're close, we're physically close. But the separation I was going through because of Maddie not being there, uh, she was my crutch, I guess. I, I, I ended up finding out that, you know, whenever I needed loving, I could just go to my daughter and say, baby, give me a hug. Or go take her to the movies or do something, you know, I would have something to do or something to distract me from whatever was making me feel bad at that time or an emotion that I didn't like necessarily, you know, more so. And then with him being gone, it was also like, he's also my crutch, you know, in a way he became a little bit of my crutch because I, I throw a lot of spiritual questions at him, you know, hey, I'm, give me some guidance on this, you know, like, can you help me? Because he's very enlightened and very intuitive. So when it was kind of like neither of the two people that I really had a lot of love for were not there, it, it was a very dark moment. But in that darkness, which was solitude, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like forcible solitude. In that darkness, I really, I know you've heard people say this and I know you've heard this over and over and it sounds so cliche, but in that darkness, I became my light. Yes. And yeah, and, and and it gives me chill. I'm getting goosebumps even saying this right now, but it's true because I had to realize that he is not responsible for my happiness. Neither is Madison, and that's a troublesome, or I won't say troublesome, but that's a heavy burden to put on an individual. Hey, you're responsible for making me happy. Hey, I'm in a really crappy mood today, and you didn't answer your phone. Hey, I just dealt with this. I just got into a car accident, you know, and you didn't pick up your phone. And it was like, uh, yeah, no, Quinetta, you're, you're, yes, you are here as a human being this lifetime, but you're also a spiritual being, which means you have the power to cultivate anything you wish. And so if you need self-love at this moment, or if you need comforting at this moment or, cons you know, consoling at this moment, then you are responsible for cultivating that. Mm. And that was a very hard pill to swallow, so to speak. But once I, you know, got mustered up and I was like, you know, you can do this, you know, <laughs> pull yourself up by the bootstraps, girl, you got this, you've mm. done it, you know, you've made it up until this far. Once I really realized that, it's when I started to understand and to unveil my power. And it was in that power that I created 21 to go. And I created my celibacy group, and which helps hundreds, I think, I think we're still in the hundreds, maybe thousands um, of members that need help with 
healing maybe from sexual trauma but but not even maybe they just are not in a productive relationship and they they're sick of you know sharing themselves with people who are not giving back or who are not you know contributing to their life in some way or you know just not getting what it is they want you know we a lot of times we set out to say I want to be married you know at 35 or 30 years old or 25 or whatever but we're our actions are not following suit with what we're you know saying we want out of out of our life so the people that are in that group are benefiting from you know in some way you know I started a ball you know I started a ball rolling just because I was kind of going through this at that time and um, so I've helped people on their celibacy journey we've had I think two engagements in the group since then wow. those people were cel- yeah we they were celibate throughout and I think still are um, one of them has been married since and I think the other one is coming up on their marriage but either way I think um, the ben- the group has benefited from just learning that, you know, we don't have to have sexual relationships with a lot of people, to be honest. A lot of the relationships we encounter with people are are there to help propel us in some way, even though it might look not, you know, like, oh, he cheated on me or, oh, he lied to me, yada, yada, yada. In some way, you know, it didn't break you. So clearly you're still standing. You're still here. So there was a lesson to learn, you know, in that time period. And, le- and in that lesson, you became stronger and more ready for your next lesson which may be you know that may be your soulmate that may be your twin flame or whatever but you're energetically leveling up each time you know you go through these relationships so I think that's another thing we all often forget you know like vegan bay is super and I hate and I don't want to romanticize him because I, I kind of hate that society does that although like I love him to death <laughs> but I don't want to do that because um also you know he's not the reason that you know I've done you know, all of that done. He sparked things that were already innately in me. Yes. Um, yeah, they were already innately in me, but he was the motivator or he was the motivation. And and so he fulfilled what his calling was probably in my life, especially at that time. And um, whether we get married or not, that's still up, you know, up in the air. You know, I'm we're still exploring our relationship. And I'm sure we both know, you know, what will be our, you know, ultimate, you know, um, (laughs) status, but you know, whether or not, you know, we get married, I stopped allowing myself, I stopped putting expectations on, you know, on him and on any relationship for that matter. At this moment, we have to learn, I think just as individuals, we have to learn how to live in the present. And at this moment, not in the past or not in the future, I'm not looking at him like, Oh, that's my husband. You know, at this moment, Vegan Bay is teaching me a lot of the lessons or helping to teach me, uh, facilitating a lot of the lessons that I need to learn to grow spiritually or to grow as an individual, to grow as a mother, to grow as Quinetta, to grow as a sister, um, you know, or a friend, you know, I'm, I'm a better friend, I think, because I've learned self-love. And again, this was because I had a very mature, selfless man tell me that you don't need to be sharing your love with anyone right now. Mm. You need to be keeping that for yourself. So I know that's super long-winded, but I kind of just feel like that. It's incredible and necessary, though. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure. I can't do it justice if I don't really give you the full, you know. No, I needed the full. Do you think that you will wait until you're married to have sex or? Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, I didn't get, I didn't go into celibacy with the intent of, being married I think I thought of that at one time because of course you know uh, if, especially if you were raised in religion you know that you just feel like that's when you should but I let go of that because I don't know that that's exactly that that will come at the time period where I want to share my energy with him you yeah. know um so we and quote unquote now be careful when you listen to this because it's going to sound funny but we have sex and it's not physical sex while it's not physical sex we have sex and what I mean by that is we share energy very easily with each other so if you've ever heard of Kama Sutra yes I have yeah yeah (laughs) why is this word escaping me but yes um that type of sex we share in a way where I'm sitting um Indian style and you know my legs are wrapped around him and he's sitting Indian style, his legs are wrapped around me. At that point, you know, our chakras are aligned and it is very intense. 
So this man could say, screw you, Queenie. I don't want to deal with you tomorrow. I would feel like we had sex, like a whole history of sex. <laughs> it's like intimacy, it sounds like. Intimacy. It would probably be as intense because yeah. we share energy. You know, we share energies either way, you know. So you don't have to. And I think a lot of times with our Western society, we've thought we think that the only way to truly be intimate with someone is to have sex with them. But that is not the case. And so funny enough, he didn't even tell me about like I didn't know about all this stuff, sharing chakras and all this other stuff. And, you know, all this, you know. Kama Sutra sex or whatever. I didn't even know those terms or anything, but we were doing this before. And I was like, wow, this is so powerful. And he didn't say, hey, let's do this. You know, we just kind of like, you know, in an intimate setting, just kind of just did that naturally. And I was like, man, like I felt more connected to him. And, you know, whether I realized it at that moment or not, um, the energies were very, you know, our vibrations were matching each other. And, I, and that was more intimate, I think, than most of my sexual inter- I mean, my sexual encounters with people, you know? Yeah. So I wish I would have learned that you didn't have to penetrate someone or be penetrated to actually share an intimate connection with them. Mm, that is powerful. Okay. So, yeah. but well, finally, as far as um, with being celibate, do you sleep in the same bed? Like, how does that look um, when he spends a well, night or you spend a so night at his house? Yeah. Yeah, because we do. We we both are super hippie. <laughs> there's energy or there's uh, physical benefits to sleeping naked. Um, yes. I have, you know, if you want to. My husband does it. Yeah, I know like all of yeah. the benefits. He does it. Yeah. So it's funny because we sleep naked <laughs> whenever we sleep together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's obviously there's a willpower thing there. But again, I feel like we're both unclothed, you know, like we're both vulnerable. We're both sharing, you know, um, he's seen my body when I was like 130 pounds. He's seen it at 160, <laughs> 165. And so to know that someone still loves and appreciates you and cares for you, seeing your body go through, you know, different changes and things, which I, I, he could care less, to be honest. But I think he likes me more at the 165. <laughs> <laughs> he won't say it. He won't say it. He want to grab him thighs, Queenie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, but um, to know that someone, you know, can appreciate you and their love for you does not change no matter what uh, physical changes you've been through at this time. And I think that is a symbol, you know, like sleeping naked, it kind of just verifies, like I can be exactly who the freak I am, you know, um, with this person physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, whatever, it's all out on the table. (laughs) And his discipline Now, I don't recommend doing that if you guys are in a lustful state, or if you are worried about, you know, you know, is this the night that it might happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been times where I've been um, more strong, I will say. Even though I see him him as being the strongest, I, I think there's been times where if I would have said, you know, hey, I'm ready, that I think he would have, you know, went along with it. But I think it honestly, like I said, our vibrations are kind of like very similar because I think at times when he's weak, I'm strong. And at times where I'm strong, you know, I mean, or he's weak, I'm strong. So I end up, we end up balancing each other out. It's the ultimate definition of the yin and yang that we're trying to achieve in life. And if this is our goal and we're trying to um, get me to a place where I'm like, you know, healed. Although I think at this po- moment we could have sex and there would be no problems. But I um, I don't think there would ever have been any problems. But it's just a matter of am I ready to share, you know, um, the most vulnerable parts of me. And I I know that I was not able to do that at one point. When they say like it's levels to this ish, you know, (laughs) that it is, you know, but anyways, I say that to say, um, I meant to say that I don't recommend doing it if you're not, if you both are not, you know, strong, you know, maybe that's something that you build up towards and, you know, but yeah, I don't see any problem with sleeping naked with the person. I mean, you know, I think we were maybe at like, Somewhere around month four, or so probably yeah. doing that. Yeah, that makes maybe sense. Somewhere about yeah, somewhere around there, three or four, or maybe five months. Yeah, because month one sounds like a lot of lust, <laughs> so yeah, it's just oh, kind of like yeah, like oh my god, 
my god, you're just the most amazing being I ever met. You're so handsome, you know. Like, and no, that, that won't let, that's not a good month. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this has been incredible, Queenie. Like, you have, like, done an amazing job of showing us how you have uh, evolved in your life in such an amazing way. And I just love the way you tell stories. I didn't realize you were such a good storyteller. So this is just oh, great. Well. I just feel all of the energy from this. So I know that you have um, 21 days to go. Do you still do 21 days to go? In a, do you do that all the time or just how do you do no, that? to go was on pause because i had went to africa to take maddie back yeah to africa because she was here on spring or yeah summer break summer break yeah and and so i haven't got back into it just yet because i've been adding some aspects of uh i'm trying to incorporate my holistic um health coaching into my schedule (laughs) so it was kind of like working on that but 21 to go is not done. Like we are. And just to let people know who don't know, the 21 days to go is your meal delivery service. When yeah, you get people vegan. Um, uh-huh. 21 to go is um, meal delivery service. Um, we ship across the U.S. plant-based and vegan meals for those that maybe just need, you know, maybe you're away on business or something like that. You don't have a chance to cook or maybe you are home and you just don't want like to cook right um or you don't care to learn how to cook vegan because <laughs> some people just really don't you know they don't want to deal with it so yeah so we're a meal prep and delivery service yeah okay well tell us about 21 days to plant-based and how people can learn more about that and also before we wrap up tell us um how we can follow you on social media where you want us to go all that good stuff yeah, so 21 Days to Plant Base is my original baby, as I call it. Um, I started out with um, Get Fit with Nick, or I don't know, she's she's Nick Beeb now, I think, on Instagram. But um, we started out training or doing um, tours, workout, group tour kind of thing. So we would be in L.A., we'd throw a class in L.A., go to Atlanta, throw some classes in Atlanta. And what happened was, this was in the, the when I first started my vegan journey, people had saw the transition in my body from, you know, being super like, you know, toned, but then going to a more lean and defined body type when I originally went plant-based. And so people kept asking me like, what do you eat? What do you eat? What do you eat? So I devised this program. I got um, seven different chefs, plant-based chefs to give three days worth of recipes, made a 21 day program for free to answer these people because they were in my inbox and I was on tour and I couldn't answer every person like I wanted to. Made the challenge for free, got like five or 6,000 signups, something like that. Some, no, I'm sorry, 2,000 signups. And then later on, the first one was 2,000. And so I got 2,000 signups, realized that people were really interested in this, kept a Facebook group open for support. Um, and kept that open for a year. And then afterwards, um, monetized that business. And I create programs that, along with, in conjunction with other chefs, plant-based chefs, recipes that suit the taste buds of every ethnicity, almost. <laughs> so I have a Southern challenge, which is like the soul food uh, challenge. I have a Afro-Caribbean, which is for our... Uh, Caribbean friends and they want to you know go vegan or they want to go plant-based but they don't know how to make some of their staples that they're used to having and then a Latin challenge as well and a clean start so there'll be more um, challenges coming up for the holidays uh, because I haven't revamped those so for the people who like there are some people I have that continually just want to continue to do my challenges so they've kind of run out of options so now (laughs) they're ready for me to come up with something else so I'll be working on that too so there's a lot on my plate but 21 days to plant-based is available for you at any time if you want to start this journey you get one week of recipes at a time so week one is going to be your cleaner recipes that help facilitate the detoxification process week two you kind of get a little bit more of your funner foods you know like chickpea nuggets or you know like something that's maybe processed, but still plant-derived. And then week three, you're going to get a more normal view of what a plant-based and vegan lifestyle consists of. So you'll have some fun foods, you'll have your clean foods, you'll have your in-between, you know, something like that. So I originally devised this program in 2015, and yeah, so it's still going. So That's dope, dope, dope. So tell us, the website is 21 Days to Plant-Based? Yes, 21daysplantbase.com. And where can we follow you on Instagram? Uh, Naturally Queenie is, um, and that's I-E, Queen, I-E. 
Naturally Queenie is my main Instagram, but 21 Days to Plant Based has an IG, as well as also my new my new baby is my holistic uh, coaching program, and that's a play on my my last name, but it's uh, Be More Holistic. So the more is M O O R E, but Be More Holistic is my Instagram for my holistic health coaching, which should be starting up very soon. So uh, as you all have heard on this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I'm very much into energy and um, I'm now helping people with healing from a bioenergetic standpoint. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a world of information, but it's super interesting. And most anyone who uses the modal- modalities that I'll be sharing through the coaching See benefit. That was when I first started doing, I won't get long with it, but when I first started doing some of this bioenergetic healing um, was for the first time that I was actually able to speak about my sexual abuse as a child without like breaking down into tears Mm. and literally like crying because that's, you know, that literally I'm 35 years old. This stuff happened when I was six and nine years old. So clearly, you know, it's a very emotional, you know, thing if you've not fully healed from it. And so after using these I won't call them medicines, but remedies. But after I started using the remedies, then I started to realize, like, I was releasing the past and I was releasing my hurt and all of the things that I, you know, attached to those moments or to nine-year-old Queenie or to six-year-old Queenie. And I, you know, could stand in the 35-year-old Queenie and speak of these instances because I am no longer there. You know, I've matriculated and grown, you know, mm. through it. This has been an incredible conversation. I'm so glad that we finally aligned our schedules to get together. Finally. Forever, <laughs> but you know, divine timing. So. Yes, I feel like so much. I'm so glad it came at this point because I feel like so much has happened since we first started yes. talking about you coming on the show and you've been able to just grow in so many amazing ways. And I'm just super excited to share this with people. And I thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, love. I appreciate you for having me. I'm so I'm so happy. I'm like I'm watching all my friends on your show. I'm like, man, I gotta get on this thing. One right. Day. So I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. And thank you, thank you for reaching out and staying patient with me. I appreciate it. I hope this episode was helpful. Come over to my Instagram or Facebook page at Brown Vegan and let me know your thoughts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes to make it easy for other people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.